Hello, and thank you for joining This Is Just A Phase. I'm your host, Jonathan Kent. I just want to start out by uh, reminding everybody to go check out the Facebook group at This Is Just A Phase. It has tons of additional information about the people and the bands featured, as well as music videos and updates on any local shows and local tours that will be going on uh, from the bands that are featured. Um, And God, so much more. Basically, whatever I feel like posting or other people feel like posting on it. It's a real uh, great sense of community on that group, and I'm really happy with uh, how it's turning out. So go do yourself a, a favor and go give that a like, like, and a follow. Again, this is just a phase. Also, check out my personal Instagram account at JonathanKent311. A lot of the same information that's on that Facebook group can also be found on my Instagram. Uh, so if you don't have Facebook, you can go ahead and give me a like and, and follow over there as well. Um, also, please do yourself a favor and check out, uh, this is just a compilation, um, a 28 track compilation from my and Mike Rotemoyer's This Is Just a Record Label imprint. Um, there's tons of great bands. Like I said, there's 28 bands, uh, ranging from, uh, the Prozacs and Neon Bone to I Am The Owl to Modern Shakes to the Homicides and the Cheats and the Lebowskis and, Tons and tons of bands on there, and we were really stoked and appreciated that all the bands uh, contributed a track to that, and we're really psyched for um, how well-received the comp has been, and uh, if you want to go ahead and grab yourself a copy of your own, it's $5 plus shipping. Hit up me and Mike Rotemore for more details on how to get a physical copy. Um, It comes with a sticker and a digital download. Or if you hop over to this is just a this is just a record label dot bandcamp dot com, you can go ahead and pick it up on digital download for a measly three dollars. Um, it goes to support the label and to keep us uh, uh, taking the money and using it for for the the next uh, release and the next thing that we we want to try to keep the label self sustaining. Uh, keep putting money into the label and and keep it going for for future releases. So with that being said, Jay, take it away. And you've got no self-esteem There's a hole inside your head With no vision to be seen Let's go Let's go Let's go Every day you wake up with the same morning
This week, we celebrate Halloween with Timmy Gibson and Rico Mortis of the Western Pennsylvania horror punk metal band Children of October. We chat about our mutual connections, how they got into punk and metal, the start and the career of the band, the touring years, their favorite horror movies, and so much more. So sit back, get spooky with this episode of This Is Just a Phase. Here's a track from Children of October's 2015 album, The Risen Dead, entitled I Want to Be Your Sin. Halloween, man. Yeah, you too. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I think we're just waiting for Rick to get in here. 
Uh, okay, yeah, my phone, I almost, I thought I couldn't get in, and I realized they didn't have it open in, uh, in the right browser, so once I did it, connected. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it just always, the, the, the most common problem I run into is people opening up their browser, so as long yeah. as you got that part, you're good to go. Hey, Rick, yeah, yeah. how you doing, buddy? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, not too much. How are you? Good. Good. Happy Halloween, man. <laughs> yeah, you too. <laughs> hey, Hi, uh, Rick. Hi, <laughs> Timmy. Hey, it's great to have you guys on the podcast, man. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yo, you're welcome. I've, I've been waiting for the perfect moment to get you guys on the show, and Halloween seemed like the perfect the, the perfect way to do it, man. <laughs> this is it, huh? Yep. And I'm um, just like you guys, I'm out of Western Pennsylvania and uh, I try to showcase local bands uh, as much as I can um, on top of the other guests that I have on. I try to I try to get in uh, as many people as I can from the local scene uh, to showcase uh, bands around here um, to to a national and even international audience. So I'm really stoked for you guys to be a part of that being being from Western Pennsylvania, uh, you guys have been doing it a long time. Um, I've respected your band for a long time and seen you guys play several times. Um, you guys used to play with my friend Sam and Chris's band, Dead City Dillers, back in the day. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, down at the Fallout Shelter, I would catch you guys down there all the time. Yeah, Mario and... Uh... Yeah, Mario and Andy and Bauer yeah. and all those guys, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you know man. uh you know uh ethan too from uh black casket he used to play with them too ethan oh, okay yeah okay. yeah but um yeah I'm, i've been like i said i've been following your guys you guys' band for a long time and i was really stoked and uh to have the opportunity to get you guys on cool yeah dude i looked at your facebook page earlier and if your location is correct i think we probably live about 15 minutes from each other yeah, you guys are down by the the Beaver Beaver Falls area, right? I'm in Elwood. Oh, you're in Elwood City. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm in okay. Elwood. I live right by the Fallout Shelter, actually, about a mile from it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm right. I'm right in Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, I've been friends with the guys in DCD for a long time, and we all hail from up this way. So, yeah, um, oh yeah, yeah. I've been up to Mario's place up there years ago. He actually played with us for a little bit. Oh, he really? Was, yeah, he was he was just jamming on guitar. We didn't do any shows or anything, but he, you know, he came to a couple of practices and was was jamming on some guitar with us. This oh, was years ago. This was back. <laughs> might even be before we were called Children of October. I'm not sure. Oh God, that far back. Yeah. Oh God, that was probably when I was playing. I was probably playing in the runs back then uh, with Sam, and then I was in a band called the Reversatiles with Chris. And that must have been around that same time frame. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what what a small yeah, what a small world, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but for anybody who doesn't know your band, I want to start out by introducing uh, Timmy and Rick from Children of October. Uh, they're a horror-based hardcore metal band from uh, near Pittsburgh, and uh, they they've been doing it since God, what like two thousand and four. Uh, Timmy and I started playing together in 2006. Oh, 2006. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when, uh, yeah, when me and Rick. That's when, yeah, that's when me and Rick started playing together. Oh, okay. So two thousand and six. Then I knew it was around the the same time that uh, a little bit, a little bit after I started playing in bands. But I knew it was uh, there was some overlap there with the 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 local scene and stuff. Yeah, so. we we it, like Children of October was around a little bit before that, but like we didn't do much of anything. So like we we consider. Uh, when me and one of the other uh, founding members, uh, like, yeah, joined up with Rick, uh, that's when we considered like Children of October really getting off its feet, and that was that was in two thousand six. Okay, and that and that was with the 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 first album too in two thousand six, right? Tells from the dark side. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because Rick, you played you played on everything, right? I had that right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. You, you just got everything was right. Okay, good. <laughs> I just wanted to make just make sure and double check. Every now and again, I run into the problem either with the chronological order of releases or most of the time it's the years because just because somebody posts it on like a, a site like Bandcamp or or spotify or one of the streaming sites as whatever year it is i've run into the problem where it's like the year before or the year after like the year wasn't correct so i just always trying to make make sure that i have the years in the in the order right when i when i do an interview so yeah, your years were all correct. I think. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Everything was right. I can remember. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. The ones forgotten. Now you guys, you guys started playing. You said in two thousand and six, uh, but yeah. Timmy, you're originally not from Pennsylvania. You're from the Phoenix, Arizona area, correct? Right. Okay, and yeah. um, you grew up down there. Um, yeah. Did you um, did you get in, 
into into punk rock and and metal at an early age living yeah. down in arizona absolutely yeah my brother my brother got me started my brother's eight years older than me so he got me started with it was yeah first it was aerosmith when i was a little wee kid and then uh around five years old it, six years old maybe i think five or six he got me into metallica and that was like that was like when ride the lightning came out and those oh, days wow. those yeah mid 80s early like early mid 80s like 85 oh, and, uh, okay. it just took off from there oh wow um <laughs> what made you what made you decide to come to western pennsylvania um what brought you here i know your mother lives out here too yeah so yeah, what yeah, made we, you guys move uh, at the time we, <clears throat> oh, excuse me, I was born here and then we moved out there. So, you know, all of our family and everything was back here. So it, it just got to a point, there were some issues with that. Uh, my dad got unhealthy and uh, we just decided to just move back here and be with the family. Oh, okay. It's always family. It always comes back to family when somebody yeah. moves back here. Nobody, nobody does yeah. it for any like, like fantastic reasons. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's never because you want to. <laughs> Everybody's trying to fucking leave, not come back, right? Right. No one, no one's coming here for the weather. For uh, yeah, maybe the pizza. Yeah, the pizza maybe in the in, in the chili dogs. I don't know. But yeah. other than that, they're and not giant eagle. Back. Yeah, maybe some and giant eagle. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, so, uh, Rick, how did you first get into punk and metal? Um, I, I'm a couple years younger than Timmy. So like our timelines are a little bit different. I started getting into like, I mean, this was the early nineties. So metal was the big thing. So you must be, you're probably closer to my age than I'm 40. So yeah, I'm 40. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we're same age. Yeah. Early nineties, the, the grunge and the metal. Yeah. So I was into that for a little bit. And then a friend of mine, well, I mean, like I would listen to my parents' records too. And they were into like, you know, Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath and all that good stuff. And then I think in ninth or 10th grade, a friend of mine gave me a copy of the crew oh yeah and, and then that was it <laughs> it was over from there yeah that, <laughs> yeah. Was, that was the end <laughs> unfortunately for me i'm unfortunately and un, un, unfortunately for me i i got i got in i was into i was in the metal like the late 80s like i was discovering bands like the thrash bands like metallica anthrax yeah um, you know all those guys slayer megadeth um, and only one of those four that I've ever seen live is Megadeth, but yeah. I mean, that's how I got into, into metal. And then of course, like Guns N' Roses, and I was never big on the hair metal scene. I guess Poison was okay, but like, I wasn't in a Motley Crue. I wasn't any of that. That stuff was a little bit before me. Yeah. So, but like, once I got into metal and then grunge happened, it was like, oh, okay. And then I discovered punk through 94, you know what I mean? Through that wave. Oh, but, yeah. But that era is such a good era, such a great era in music, because not only did you have the grunge and the metal, but you had punk. Punk was breaking through. Then you started understanding what crap crossover was and what thrash really was. And, you know, all those all the different fra factions that kind of overlapped with each other. Mm -hmm. right. And then, of course, getting into stuff like Black Flag and the Misfits and yeah. Sex Pistols and stuff like that. On top of it, it was just like a surge of a surge of musical diversity like very quickly oh real, yeah for real 
Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was fortunate that I, I just had my brother. I had a cousin, Danny, who was really into Black Flag in the 80s and the Misfits. And, uh, like, they, they subjected me to this stuff. Like, I was very fortunate to get it as young as I did. I didn't really take off with it until I was maybe 12, 13 years old. Yeah. That's when, like, I really was, like, yeah, the Misfits were the second coming to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, but, yeah like, just, it was like I I had older cousins, but most of my cousins, they listened to, like, hip-hop or they listen to like pop music or they listen to like country because you know rick you're you know elwood city um i have a lot of family out that way and there's like a lot of a lot of people listen to country out there oh and yeah so it's like i almost kind of felt like the black sheep in a lot of ways because i was the only one of like my cousins that were like getting into the harder stuff so like I didn't have the opportunity, even though I had older older cousins that were into music, they never had the same kind of taste as me. So I just discovered the shit on my own, you know, <laughs> in MTV. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like yeah. any other, like any other 10, 11 year old kid, you know, I, I just found it on my own. And then once I found everything, I was like, okay, I, I can start picking through with with what I like and lucky for me i ended up liking a lot of different kinds of music yeah that was the days of reading liner notes and finding new bands oh yeah for <laughs> yeah. sure yeah for sure. finding yeah. a record label and getting all the bands on it like sst or something like you know starting to list all the bands that are on it oh yep. exactly kids like I, I tell kids i tell my kids that all the time i'm like oh you don't know what it's like to thumb sadly they don't know what it's like to thumb through a cd and then get the mailer inside the cd and then you know pay postage to get like you know like a sampler <laughs> or something like that like they, they, have, they have no yeah. clue what what any of that kind of stuff is yeah. yeah and i just recently started a label with a buddy of mine uh from from up from mercer and uh we started the label and like i i i was you know they were of course watching me go through the process of getting the layout done and getting all the bands you know signed off on it and stuff like that and they're like well, why are you are you gonna put it on Spotify? And I'm like, well, I'm gonna put it out on Bandcamp, but I'm gonna make a CD. And he goes, do people still make CDs? Do people still <laughs> listen to CDs? And I'm like, yeah, they still do. Yeah, they do. I tell you what, we saw them at shows. It's a, it's surprising people still buy them. I mean, it's, it's more people our age are buying, but there is younger kids that still pick them up too. They want to collect it. Yeah. Yeah, you know what, and I and I wanted I, people still enjoy the the physical, even if they don't necessarily listen to it. I think right. people still want to at least have it as like some kind of keepsake, you yeah. know, kind of like the mark, like the mark, the memory of of that time. You know what I mean? You want something physical in your hands, definitely. You know? So like when when me and Mike did the label, we're called this is this is just a record label is what we're called. Um, oh, yeah, a play off the pod, uh, yeah, a, pod, a play off the podcast, yeah. Um, and then the compilation is called "This Is Just a Compilation," and um, I, you know, I, I thought about doing records, but it's so fucking expensive to press records <laughs> right now. Yeah, yeah. I was looking; they were like thirty. It's, it would work out to be like thirty-three dollars a piece to 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 cut a ten-inch. Yeah, and I'm like, no, we're sticking to CDs. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. I'm not selling a 10 inch for $40. Thank you very much. Nobody will buy them for 40 bucks either. So, you know, no, but um, people, 
People buy vinyl. It's it's surprising how much people buy vinyl, and they'll they'll pay for it. But forty bucks is it's that's steep. Yeah, you can't yeah. do that. Like I have a, yeah. I don't know if you guys know John from Mom's Basement or not down in Brownsville, but um, yeah. he he has a he has a record label. He does a lot of like Ramones core style pop punk kind of stuff. Um, my buddy JD, who was in uh, 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 Johnny Three, if you guys remember those guys. Uh, from Youngstown, uh, his newer bands on Mom's Basement, but um, yeah, he sells records like crazy, yeah. but like he's probably buying them in Eight. fucking huge bulks. You know what I mean? Like massive bulk for it to work out. Yeah, he's doing it massive bulk, and I'm like, I'm just starting out. There's no way I could press 500 records. You know what I mean? Of a yeah. of an unknown band. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. That's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, yeah, no, we're in the, we're in the same boat <laughs> with vinyl. <laughs> so you guys, you guys haven't been pressing any vinyl either. No. Yeah, I mean, early like early in like the deck. I mean, early last decade, it was it was worth it. You know what I mean? But once the major labels kind of jumped on the the bandwagon with the, once they realized that it was profitable, those major labels probably are pressing pressing tens of thousands of records, and it, all it does is just drives up the price again. Yeah. Just like it did in the seventies, you know what I mean? Yeah, and there's so few pressing plants now that I think that drives up the cost a lot too. Yeah, there was there was the one I found that was the closest to us. There's one up uh, in Cleveland. Yeah, and uh, I looked at, and they they were decent. I I think it worked. I think it would have worked out if I did like two hundred. It would have worked out to be like maybe like sixteen a copy. But even then, trying to trying to sell a ten inch for like twenty twenty five bucks is like a no go. It just doesn't make any sense to do it. Right. right. One bite together.
but besides that, I, I want to get back into you guys because this is the main reason why we're here, not 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 album talk. <laughs> yeah, I can talk all night about it. <laughs> oh, I know, man. We, we, I listen. I had a buddy of mine, Dougie. He's a he's in a band called uh, the Putts, and he was in a band called uh, uh, Deviant Ones. And um, he's from Detroit, and he was. I had him on the podcast a couple months ago. And I had him on. He was on for like two and a half hours. The interview was like two and a half hours, and I got to like three questions. <laughs> the fucking whole interview. We talked about Pittsburgh weather, and we were talking about the roads in the winter because he comes through Pittsburgh all the time. And like we got to like we, we talked about everything but like his fucking career. Like <laughs> yeah. did you, say, did you say the putts? Yeah, the putts. We yeah. played with them. Yeah, we played with them. Yeah. Okay, I had I had their drummer Dougie on. Oh, right on. Yeah, yeah we've been on a couple of times. Right? Yeah, I know we played with them out in Indianapolis. At Punk yeah. Rock. Oh, Punk okay. Rock. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He said he'd play with a bunch of bands down through here. Um, I think he said the last time he was down here, maybe 17. 17 or 18, maybe. Yeah. It was the last time they cut through. Mm. Yeah, good, good yeah, guys. I think they played the fall show here. Yeah, I think they did, too. Yeah, with the yeah I think he might have said that, too, yeah. Yeah, he's, he he busted out a bunch of venues. I really didn't quite know, um, but yeah, I, I think he did say the Fallout Shelter too, which is always great. Which, which is always confusing for people because at one time Newcastle had a place called the Bomb Shelter, so we, there was a Bomb Shelter and there was a Fallout Shelter. Yeah. So I always have to specify. Yeah. No, the I one in Aliquippa, not the one in Newcastle. Yeah. <laughs> I never went there, but I remember it. Yeah, it was uh, it was only open for a couple of years. I think it closed down in like oh five, oh six, okay, something like that. Like where, I, like once, once the band, once the Newcastle scene kind of, uh, we kind of it started to fizzle out. Like there, were, a lot of the bands were breaking up, and everybody was kind of moving on. Because yeah. at one time we had a nice little scene going. I don't know if you guys ever ever caught any shows out this way, but um. Yeah, we had a night. We had a nice little scene going, and then by like oh five, oh six, it was kind of down to like maybe like a handful of bands. Mm. You know, shit like that yeah. happens. You know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, there was in the early two thousands, even around here, there was a ton of bands, and there there was a lot of killer bands, and then everyone just kind of fizzled out by oh six, and then uh, there's just I mean, there's a few survivors from that era right now, and that's about it. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, like, it, it, you know, and I talk to people from all over the place, and it, it, it seems like that kind of went on in other parts of the country, too. Like, it was all around the same time, like, 05, 06, 07. The mm-hmm. scene got real weird, and, like, a lot of bands weren't thriving at that point. Yeah. 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 But the I music industry, emo. what's that? But I blame emo. You blame emo. <laughs> <laughs> it's easier just to blame everything on emo, right? Yeah. Everyone it's says Nirvana emo. killed metal. I'm like, no, emo killed punk. That's- yeah, yeah, dude. That was. And you know what? I never thought fucking Fallout Boy, man. Fallout Boy and my Chemical Romance is all their fault. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I've been listening to them a lot lately too. I gotta admit it. So have I, man. Like I listened to the shit. I listened to that the, the first two Fallout Boy albums, and I, I'd never admit it, but I'd buy them. And then, like, years later, like, I just started owning the fact that I used to listen to Fallout Boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they're not emo. They're power pop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, it's different. It's not, it's, not as, it's not as sad and weepy. 
<laughs> okay, so um, I wanted to ask you guys, Timmy and Rick, um, how did you guys end up teaming up and what led to you guys starting uh, Children of October? Timmy loves <laughs> telling this story. Oh, I <laughs> Tell the story, I Timmy. <laughs> All right, so me and uh, uh, the other founding member of Children of October, his name is Skeet. Okay. And uh, he at the time, like when we we were just screwing around for a while, like we were you know recording some stuff and playing some shows here and there, but like uh, not never really landed hard. He was playing drums. We had a bunch of bass players, and uh, just we had heard we played a show with Rick's band. Actually, I take that back. Skeet knew a band that uh, Rick was playing in. Rick, he, I just lost it. It was the Bronze Eagle. Fit the mold. Fit the mold. And oh, I remember was, that band. Okay, I didn't know you were in that band. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Skeet was really into him. Really loved him. He's like their drummer is killer. And had, he's like he's into the Misfits and shit. He's like into the same kind of music we are. I was like, oh, that's cool. So then uh, we had approached him. I can't remember if we went to your work. I'm I'm certain to miss details. It's it's happened too long ago. Yeah, no, you came to came to where I was working at the time. The first time and the second time. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We go to his work and we're like, Hey man, uh, really like how you drum. Uh, you know, we were looking for a drummer. would love to have you in a band. And he's just like, nah. <laughs> so that was that. <laughs> was that because you were a drummer and you were already in a band and you don't want to be in multiple bands? Uh, no, I, <laughs> I was really busy at that point. Yeah. I'll, I'll fill in my, my part after Timmy's done. Yeah. 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 We were, we were, uh, we were in another band at that time. Me and Skeet were in another band called Go Trigger Go. Oh, okay. I remember you guys too. Okay. Yeah. And uh, local musicians and Go Trigger Go didn't seem to like each other. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> we were silly and didn't take anything serious. And I think that bothered some people, but I don't know. Not sure if that was Rick's uh, problem or not. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> and the but story continues in the plot yeah. thickens. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it was probably a year later. We're like, you know what? We got to hit up Rick again. We got to see. Because like, we really wanted, we, you know, we needed a good drummer. We knew that's what was, that was the missing link. So then we, we found, we get up there and we're like, hey, man, you know, you know, you've had some stuff going on. We'd really like you to be in a band. And he's like, okay. And that's it. And that's, that's how it. <laughs> now, what's your side of it, Rick? What is it? Right. There's more. There's definitely more to the story. Yeah, well, I'll fill in the missing parts here. The first time that they came in to ask me if I wanted to play in their band, I was already in a band called Unspeakable Horrors. Yeah. And I was about oh, to get okay. married. I was about to get married. And I was in grad school. So I just didn't have time. No excuse. Oh. The, the second time he, they came in to ask... I was no longer in unspeakable horrors. I was already married. I was still in grad school, but you know, two out of the three things consuming my life were were gone. Yeah. So I had time. So I said, yeah. So yeah. it's amazing what reasking a year later ended up ended up creating. Oh yeah. yeah. That's amazing. And now you guys yeah. have been playing music God for shit. For almost fifteen what fifteen years. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, like all the silliness aside, with you know, with the story and everything, like we we had some recordings, some stuff. We gave it to Rick. Rick rewrote, you know, a lot of the, you know, all of the drum ideas and everything. Like, you know, he just he put his piece in immediately, and everything just clicked. We recorded an album. 
and it just me and him have clicked ever since like that's awesome it comes to making music yeah i forgot i forgot i did know that rick you were in unspeakable horrors yeah and yeah i i took i should have did my research a little bit better because when as soon as you said it i went fuck of course and go trigger go like i'm like ah of course why didn't i look deeper because <laughs> i remember both those bands man nice yeah i'm speaking of is kind of doing stuff again yeah i heard that pretty recently yeah 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 my uh my buddy uh ryan his band just recently started doing stuff together too uh and might be doing stuff more in the future weapons of choice out of butler if you guys remember those guys I remember that name. Yeah, me too. I remember that name. Yeah, they're from like the Butler area. They played a lot over in Butler, a lot, a lot down in Pittsburgh and stuff. But yeah, they're kind of starting to, they're kind of, kind of start doing stuff like that again. So I'm just starting to realize like a lot of people are, or a lot of bands are getting back together or, or kind of, kind of looking into restarting up again, you know, because years pass and kids grow up and responsibilities kind of aren't as, extreme once you get older you know what i mean you can have a little bit more time to do stuff like that right zodiac guys formed and well you guys teamed up and started you guys did i'd say formed yeah (laughs) yeah formed is what we know children of october yeah excuse me but you guys did tales from the dark side like really quickly 
Yeah. Um, and then you guys did self-titled in 2008, and you guys did Die Baby Die in 2010. So you guys hit the ground running like real quick as far as yeah. putting stuff out. Yeah. Most of those, well, all of all of Tales from the Dark Side, all of the the self-titled except for one song, and then maybe like half of Die Baby Die were songs that were written prior to me joining oh okay so they were just songs that just kind of were accumulating that you guys like left off the previous album or whatever yeah oh okay okay i got you timmy and i wrote one song together on the black album or the self-titled album and then maybe like half of die baby die oh okay okay i got you okay because i started seeing you guys around would have been around self-titled if, oh, I, yeah. if I, yeah, because uh, like I said, Dead City Dillers, I think they played until like 2011. So I think I saw you guys a few times between like 2008 and 2011. Right. And then I've yeah. seen you guys later on closer around Risen Dead album. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, Dot Baby, uh, Baby Die, we definitely, that's uh, me and Rick definitely, uh, that's when we started really writing together. And really and, uh, started. You can tell the difference between that and the black album or that self-titled album where uh, you, you can definitely tell. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and with your sound, I mean, there's a lot of different influences. Obviously the, the, the first influence people are going to bring up because you guys are, you know, horror based metal and punk um, is the misfits. That's all everybody's right. automatic go-to, but yeah. what other bands were you listening to? Um, in that vein as well, like that you were kind of getting influenced, being influenced by, or was it just the movie, the the movie and the and the and the uh, the writing for your own self that was influencing you as opposed to other bands? I mean, I think we have some similar crossover influences between the two of us. Yeah, I I don't know that we really write like that though yeah yeah i don't think you guys do either i mean i guess <clears throat> if we were to sit here and list our influences you could probably hear them mm-hmm. if, you, if you listen closely but that's not it's not something that we're you know cognizant of when we're writing right yeah you, songs just tend to like though you know some songs will start off like a silly riff and you're like wow oh, this ain't gonna work and then all of a sudden it just blossoms into a song and they just put they when me and Rick write together, they tend to just pop out mm-hmm. just quick, man. It's just like an idea and it just happens. And if the song, if we got really think about it and struggle to write it, we normally just don't do it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I definitely, I definitely can, I definitely can hear the, your influences. And the, you know, when I, when I played songs throughout the episode, people will hear the influences as well. I just, I just was just looking at it as like, what were, what oh, yeah. other bands were kind of, were kind of influencing you as far as um, not that you were trying to emulate anybody, but right, just like right. who was kind of driving you guys as, as far as as making music. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, um, I, I I know for me, I mean, man, there's a bunch. I mean, obviously, I, I said I was always into Metallica, you know, a lot, but like Slayer, I would say mm-hmm. definitely had a definitely one of them. Suicidal Tendencies. Uh, 
Yeah, because you guys kind of bounce. You guys kind of bounce around from different styles on the same album. You know what I mean? There may be a song that's more metal. There may be a song that's more punk. There's, you know, you guys definitely don't limit yourself as far as what music yeah. you're trying to create. I, I'll say for sure that's the, that's generally the goal. <laughs> we 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 try to shy away from having every song sound the same. Mm-hmm. It, but again, they just they do just come out. It's not on purpose, but it ends up coming out to where you know. This song sounds like this. This one's like this, and you know, this one might be a different genre than the next one, and I, I like that. Yeah, I, I like I like that bands who who aren't afraid to to mix it up a little bit because when you when you play the same kind of stuff over and over again, it's like it probably gets repetitive and boring. You know, if you're if you're coming up with the same kind of structured song. Yeah. You know, like you, you got to keep it fresh. You got to keep it interesting. And it, the more, the more you open your your mind up to different sounds, I'm, I'm sure it makes it a lot easier to come up with different different kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, like couple couple of the songs like I wanted to bring up um with you guys from from the early the early couple albums, Dead Girls Don't Cry, Unforgivable Sin, Brand New God. Um, the once forgotten lovers lane desecration of authority the evil inside die baby die if i could if i just could the great songs man like i I was revisiting you guys over the last week and like kind of immersed in myself because i had a little bit time after the the last interview i kind of took a little bit of a break and uh yeah, I kind of got immersed in you guys' stuff, and uh, like, like especially like "Die Baby Die" record, which is like the one I, the one that I think I have that one. I think I have, uh, um, uh, "The Risen Dead." I think are the two albums that I have by you guys. Right. And uh, I was just going back through them, and I was like, "Oh man, it's so fucking good, man!" And the topics you guys write about, it's not, it's not hokey. It's not like you know what I mean? Like some 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 bands that tackle horror tackle your traditional subjects. And you guys kind of your lyrics, you, you kind of leave it open to interpretation as a, as opposed to just like cramming Absolutely. it down somebody's throat. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Now where where does your where does the lyrics tend to come from? Is it just do do, do you watch are you are you watching something? Are you reading something or does a topic just kind of just kind it'll, of appears itself in your head no either it'll, it'll either just come to mind out of the blue there'll be i'll be watching a documentary <laughs> i'll be uh watching a movie uh talking to an ex-girlfriend on the phone so <laughs> it's like <laughs> the the things that will make it come up like and you know lyric Lyrical wise, at least, I don't like to just, you know, write about, you know, a movie or something like that. I mean, it, it happens. Don't get me wrong. I mean, like, Natural One Killers, things like that. But, um, yeah, I like to just write uh, just stories that just come into my head on some songs. And then other stuff is just angst. <laughs> yeah. so like you're you're, you're writing as 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 a, as a as a writer would write songs you're not specifically going in with a certain subject or anything like unless it's more in the moment like you said if you're watching a documentary or watching a movie a line might pop in the movie and you're like oh that's fucking great and you jot that shit down and you're like i can build from there right exactly yeah. that's exactly what happens 
Nice. Yeah, I would um, say definitely just things, you know, just a subject will pop up and that's what does it. Yeah, I rarely sit down and be like, I want to write a song about this. Yeah. Now, do you find do you find that the whole like writing writing horror based stuff? Do you find it easier to to write personal stuff and then have the horror theme kind of mask it so where it's not like so autobiographical? Absolutely. Okay. Like I kind of I kind of get that when I talk to people that that write like a little bit more of like a direct and they you have to kind of almost find something to kind of make a shield kind of that kind of blocks it from being like dear diary blah 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 you know because you guys aren't fucking emo so (laughs) there might be a little hiding in there somewhere i don't know what do you think rick maybe a little here and there it's not emo it's power pop that's true all right it's all about the music you put behind it thank god for yeah, it could be as whiny as you drum. want it to be. As long as it's a metal, you're good to go, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. <laughs> Apartment 213. <laughs>
you guys then did uh, the hardcore EP, which is a bunch of covers in 2012. Mm-hmm. Yeah, guys did uh, the Risen, the Risen Dead in 2015. Uh, you mean it's not jazz in 2017? And then you got you guys just recently put an old recording uh, from a few years ago out as a single last year. Um, Genius Unknown or Genius yeah. Unknown. I'm sorry. Yeah. So did you guys and during the during the years, did you guys start you guys uh were getting more and more popular as time has gone on? Like you guys have been playing a lot more. You guys I've seen you guys go on like little mini tours um through Canada, through this kind of region and stuff like that. How did you see the progression of the band uh from the beginning until through that time until now? Um that's a good question. <laughs> yeah. We, I mean, we've toured a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we, we started touring in like 2011, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think we did Little Ones in 2010 and 2011 was our first, like, first tour up, tour. Yeah. yeah. For like first up and down the coast tour. Yeah. And then like in recent years, we've done like a couple coast to coast tours, like out to California and back. And it, yeah, you said you you teamed up with that band too. I, I was trying to remember their name, and I tried to go through my list because I think I'm friends with them on Facebook, and I couldn't find them. You guys used to do a tour with another band. You would do like these little mini tours together. Um, uh, I think they're from I think from Canada or Michigan. Yeah, I mean we've toured with a bunch of bands. We've done multiple times. Yeah, yeah, we've done a bunch of tours with Black Hat Attack from. That's the Black Hat Attack. That's the band. Thank you. Yeah, and we've yeah. done like you know, I don't know how how long are those tours normally? Three weeks. Yeah, yeah, two three weeks sometimes, maybe a little more. Yeah, and I started noticing guys. I started noticing you guys were touring, or like you said, like around 2011. That's when you guys really um, were were actually getting out of the region more. And and now, did you see leave leaving the Western Pennsylvania area and going to other places? Like you guys. You guys saw that you guys were were being received really well as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, received well enough to keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, where, where's where's some of your favorite places to tour outside the area? Like, is there certain cities that might uh, might uh, be more receptive of you guys, or or more of a draw? Uh, yeah. I mean, we generally do well in. Uh, Indianapolis, um, Atlanta. Yeah. We've done pretty well in Orlando. Yeah, I was going to say Florida. Oh, okay, cool, yeah. Florida in general, we do pretty well. Yeah, Florida has that nice little, like, that that nice little thrash kind of kind of metal scene going on down there and you guys I, I i'd see that you guys would be really uh really well received down there like georgia and in florida yeah yeah so so looking looking now at, with 2020 like what are you guys what, what are your plans moving forward like are you guys gonna like i know you guys have a couple shows coming up um is there anything that you're moving into like 2020 any plans going into 2022 um, uh, I mean, we're hopefully going to have a new record soon. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, it's can't, been, really, uh, can't really get out and play too much, but yeah, yeah. it's been hard lately for sure. 
Yeah, you guys, where you guys playing at? Um, there's some place. There's one place I, I saw a flyer, and I'm trying to remember. I drew a blank on it. You guys are playing what over the weekend? We're playing tomorrow. You're playing tomorrow. Okay, yeah. where's that at? Uh, Ormsby Avenue Cafe. That's yeah. okay. I wasn't sure if it was two two twenty two Ormsby or if it was the cafe. Yeah, it's the cafe. Oh, okay. Um, and you guys are playing that tomorrow night, and then are you guys doing anything over the weekend, or is it just just tomorrow? No, that's it. That's we have a couple it. shows next month, but we don't have anything over Halloween weekend. Okay. And you guys are saying you guys are hopefully uh, start working on next uh, a new album for next year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rick's already got some drums down, and uh, I got to get the, get to the studio and wait. I think I think once we get rolling, I know once I get rolling at least. <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, Rick's always on point. I'm the procrastinator. <laughs> but we, we uh, I think yeah, we'll get something out pretty quick. But we we have some ideas rolling around. We we got a couple songs already. You know the songs are good to go. We just gotta get the get them get the final recordings done. Oh okay cool. Um, that's really cool. I've been really looking forward to because that that'll be your first what your first full length in about like seven years. Yeah, yeah. Wow, you really <laughs> are a procrastinator, guys. Yeah. Fuck, <laughs> you know, we we were we we started touring a, a good bit. I mean, it's not like we were touring year round, but touring enough to where it's uh, time just goes by quickly, and then you're like, man, we need to. It's time to step up and <laughs> maybe write a new album. Well, it probably helps too. Is like as a touring band, when when you have a considerable number of releases and songs to tour on, I mean, you don't necessarily have to run out and record another album just to have more, you know, more songs to play. I mean, if you guys right. are playing different songs every night and you have like forty songs to choose from, well, you know what I mean. It's it's you're, it that pressure isn't there necessarily. Right. You see that you see a lot of bands do that they'll put out a shit ton of music really fast, and then there'll be like a four or five year gap and you're like, ah That's what we did. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Then that fucking pandemic ruined everything and pushed it back even more, right? Yeah. Fucking COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you, you'd think I, I know even for myself, I mean like you'd think with COVID sitting around the house doing nothing, like would have got some music done, but yeah, COVID just put a damper on everything, man. I just yeah, took like, the wind yeah. out of my sails, for sure. I mean, everyone's, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I could have did the podcast a fucking year ago, and I fucking drug my feet on it and didn't do shit. I homeschooled my youngest, and you know, I had to do that for over a year. And like, I didn't do anything for myself. So, like in May, my wife's like, or like in April, my wife's like, "Are you gonna fucking do the podcast? You've been fucking wasting the last year not deciding to do it. Like, better go fucking do it, John." And I'm like, fine, I fucking decided to do it. And that was my contribution through the fucking pandemic is a is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Which everybody seems to do. So I don't know if I'm bringing anything fresh to it, but I'm bringing I'm bringing awareness to the kind of shit that I like. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a goal. Yeah. And like, like I said, the, you know, the podcast and the label, it, it was it's 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 to show I I wanted a platform not only to have bands from all around the place around the world be on, but I wanted to showcase the local scene because just like you guys, I'm sure that you see a lot of bands around this area don't really get the attention, right? And you yeah. know, there's you know a couple bands will fall through, 
but a lot of the bands don't get heard. So I like to get people's story and and find out where they come from, how they get into music, what drives them as a musician, what drives their band. Um, that's important that I get that out to as many people as I can because the bands around here are the ones that I probably hold the dearest. And you guys have been doing it a long fucking time. And I, I, I hold you guys in high regards as, as musicians and as a band. So appreciate that for sure. Oh, you're welcome, guys. Jersey Devil. something very stereotypical here and i'm sure you've been asked this before but i'm feeling kind of generic today (laughs) and i wanted to ask you guys each of you i wanted you i'll I'll start with i'll start with rick 
what are your top five horror movies? It doesn't have to be five through one, your favorite, just your top five horror movies. Yeah, mm. that's first place. <laughs> Mine are gonna be so dumb, and people are gonna be like, Oh, you're so fucking lame. <laughs> yeah, wait till um... you get to me. <laughs> Probably be all yeah. like fucking like Argento movies and shit. Like... <laughs> um, but go ahead, Rick. You know, I don't really like any of the newer stuff. Okay, um, me either. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh the creature from the black lagoon. Nice. Jaws, Evil Dead, Pumpkinhead. Is that four? That's four, yeah. Uh, Day of the Dead. Nice, nice. No, you. Why? Why do you? Why do you stick true to the old old horror movies? Is it just because you 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 think they're better? Yeah, I just I haven't seen a new horror movie I've liked in years. Amen. I, I haven't seen a great horror movie, but I've seen really good psychological thrillers, um, which I guess you could call them horror to a certain degree, but I always kind of look at them as being a little bit different. I'm, I'm trying to remember one that I watched. I can't remember the title of it, but it was a psychological thriller, and it had uh, Isla Fisher in it, if you know who Isla Fisher is. Hmm. Uh, the guy who does Borat, his wife, she was the redhead in Wedding Crashers. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like she did, I'm trying to remember, I I can't remember the name of it, but it was a psychological thriller, dude. And I tell you what, it was the, one of the best, like that style of, of movie that I saw in like 20 years. Yeah. That, that, that's the type of movie I'm into way more than what a horror movie today. I either like really good psychological thrillers or like bloodbath or like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like <laughs> it's like one or the other man for me, <laughs> but um, okay. So now Timmy, what about you? What are your top five? See my, my list. I, I'm not a connoisseur of horror movies, which me either. You're a good company, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, uh, yeah, I know we, you know, we're in a horror punk band and all, but Timmy, you're going to get canceled, bud. I am gonna get canceled. Canceled by the horror punk community. I mean, I, I like all the classics. You know, don't get me wrong. I love Night of the Living Dead. You know, Friday the Thirteenth, all the birds. You know, like old stuff. Plan Nine from Outer Space. I don't know if you. That's not even a horror movie, really. Oh yeah, I can start a horror. Yeah, I can start a horror. Yeah, that's. I mean, that my dad. That was the type of stuff my dad brought me up watching. You know, because he was super into it. He, you know, my dad loved Chucky and you know all that stuff. So he. But I'm I'm not one of the people that like owns all the movies. You know, I'll watch it, I enjoy it, but uh, I'm I'm more of a sci-fi nerd. Yeah, Come like, see, I'm like, worth Star Wars, Star Trek. <laughs> well, that's like my my buddy my buddy Dave who does the Dummy Room podcast. He had uh, he had V from uh, the Jasons on, and he's like busted out like these arty like french films and shit like that and i'm like <laughs> dude i'm like i can fucking understand the english language i'm not watching a movie with fucking subtitles dude get the fuck out of here man something tells me he hasn't watched them either but i don't know we'll... <laughs> I, I don't watch any of that shit man like i'm like i'm like nah, dude, you're fucking losing me dude i'm i'm out of this man i love v he v's deep man he is man like, that's a deep guy out, like I think the best like foreign film my wife my wife got me into it. It's a it's a French film. It's called High Tension. 
mm-hmm. you guys have ever seen the high tension i've heard of it dude it's fucking fucked up dude dude if you get the opportunity watch this movie it's 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 as it's french subtitles this movie's fucked up it's so good jot that down man high tension high tension high tension it's a great fucking movie man i'll check it out yeah um my top my top five horror movies just like you guys i'm i'm no connoisseur man i i grew up in the 80s and 90s um i love trauma films just for the laugh factor um same thing with like evil dead after like the first one like evil you know army of darkness and and onward i i I like i like my horror to have a little bit of humor to it so i love trauma films but i'll leave that one separate i'll leave them off to the side um I love, I love my my favorite franchise is is Friday Thirteenth. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I was like four years old the first time I watched the first one. Same here, man. I, 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 <laughs> I loved I, it. And I'm forty years old, and I fucking still jump, dude. When she's in the fucking canoe, man. <laughs> Thirty six fucking years later, man. I fucking jumping, man. Gets me. Probably the best single scene in like any move, like any horror movie. Just that split fucking second, man. Like it gets me every goddamn time. And did you did you know what I heard recently about that movie? Um, the way when they when they put it out on like in like theaters, each time they ran the movie, they changed the 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 runtime was different. And they'd have that that moment where she's in the canoe and he comes out of the water. It's it's marked differently every time they show it. Uh, so even yeah. if you watch it on TV, it depends on whatever version they have. There, there, it's not always the same time. So you're guaranteed that when you're watching, you, you'll jump every time. <laughs> that's some that's some fucking crazy shit to do to pull off in 1978, dude. Yeah, that's some diabolical shit, man. <laughs> yeah, I think that scene was uh, like that wasn't actually part of the movie. They added it later. Yeah, I, I heard that watched, too. Yeah, I just watched. Um, there's a series on Netflix called. It's like it's the the things that made us series. Oh, yeah, dude, I, I was just gonna watch that. Yeah. And they, I was just they gonna just, watch that. They just did uh, like three or four on horror movies. And it's oh, uh, no Friday shit. the 13th, Halloween. Did Halloween and... and Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Oh, no shit. Yeah. They're, they're I definitely watched the Christmas rough. one. I didn't watch the... I didn't, I didn't know they did a Halloween one. They just put the new episodes out, right, Rick? I mean, it was just yeah, like a like week or two ago. A week or two ago. Well, I know what I'm doing this fucking weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Besides hey, going to Gettysburg, we're, we're doing haunted tours in Gettysburg this weekend. Nice. Nice. Yeah, so we're going we're gonna, to, my wife wants to go to an orphanage, uh, like this haunted orphanage. I'm like, I'm going to set that one out, man. Shit with kids fuck me up, man. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. I'll do the battlegrounds and shit like that. You start doing fucking orphanages and shit. I'm like, no, I've seen that movie. I'm good on that. Oh, yeah. Any any horror movie with like some kid doing something fucked up. I'm, I'm, it's, I don't know what it is about it, man. It just, it's too much. Listen. Man, I I worked <laughs> at one point in a in a youth home. It's like a group home. Yeah, it was supposedly haunted because it was. It started out as an orphanage, like back in the early 1900s, and it burned down. No shit. Yeah, it was really really creepy. Yeah, fuck yeah. fuck that, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, yeah, my my top four, my top five four. I'll I'll, I'll start with the first Friday the Thirteenth. Um, another one I like the eighties Canadian American films like My Bloody Valentine, Cyanide Deadly Night. Um, those are two like go tos for me. Um, out of like new horror like House of a Thousand Corpses. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else he's done has been subpar, but I really like that first one by Zombie a lot. Um, and then I would probably say, lastly, probably probably the original Amityville Horror. Nice. Yeah, yeah I really like the Amityville Horror scene. Even though they flipped the stories around, I, I still like, I like one and two, and then after that, I'm like, it's garbage. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you, know? you know what I was into, too? I don't know. I mean, we're all the same age. It was like, when I was a kid, it was more like Hitchcock, like that, you know, the Hitchcock show. Yeah. yeah. Hitchcock. yeah. Uh, Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, Psycho. I gotta put Dark Side, like too. Yeah, what's that? I gotta put Psycho on there too, man. I still, Psycho still fucks me up, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, The original, not yeah. That's that's a good call. I can never think of these movies when somebody asked me. I should have thought of it ahead of time. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted you, like I, I I told Timmy about it when I was like, I hope he doesn't like put any thought into it because I kind of wanted the beast for the moment because I didn't spend all day thinking about it. Yeah. I like the spontaneity, man. That's the approach I take to the podcast, man. I was like, I, I, I got to keep you guys on your feet, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's what I like. But, you know what? Like I like I said, like, I, I knew the top five horror movie thing would be a little bit like, you know, like, of course, it's fucking Halloween. Like, horror <laughs> movies. Is, but I was like, what the, what other band do I know that, that I can do this with? You know what I mean? I was right. like, I'm going to have children all of October on. I see they're active. They're doing shit. I want to support these guys. I want to see them continue to play music, um, continue to do stuff. And I hope to catch you guys out very soon. Um, now that places are open back up, I can start making it to more shows and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and I'll and I'll be willing to drive to Pittsburgh. And then if you guys go through Youngstown too, let me know if you guys ever need anything up this way. I'll. I'll put you in con- 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 uh, connections with some people up this way and stuff, and I uh, hope you get a show up around this way. Cool. You Thanks. Know. But you know, you're welcome, man. Rick, Timmy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. I had an absolute blast talking to you guys. Um, I hope you guys enjoy your holiday weekend. Uh, do great tomorrow night I, uh, for your show. And uh, like I said, but thanks so much for being on again. I really appreciate it. Dude, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having us on, man. <laughs> You're Thanks. welcome. Uh, hey, man, you too. Have a wonderful night, and I'll talk to you guys here very soon. All right. Thanks, Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Good night, guys. Good Bye. night. Bye. I want to hear it.